Welcome to Sojourn of Light. Let this space be your guide to traveling the bridge between spirituality and creativity. This podcast is a space for people wanting to discover more about spirituality using an individual and collective lens. We explore topics such as ancient traditions rooted in earth wisdom, holistic wellness, the divine masculine and feminine, relationships, love, legacy, entrepreneurship, and so much more. Join host Cortina Janelle on the journey to explore our sacred relationship with divinity as we take our place as leaders, growers, and designers in a sovereign society. Don't forget to like, share, and comment on this podcast wherever you listen. Thank you for being here. Welcome back, sacred souls and sojourners. This is your facilitator and guide on this sojourn of light, Cortina Janelle. And as you've heard this all this season, I've been talking to some amazing catalysts, creatives, organizers, and uh, healers of all kinds as we explore this bridge between creativity and spirituality. This podcast is one that is welcoming and open to those that are seeking answers, wisdom, insights on whatever place you are in your journey. And so whether you're a spiritual entrepreneur or a spiritual seeker or somewhere in between, I just want to thank you for taking the time to be a part of this sanctuary space. And I invite you to get comfortable for this episode and this conversation today. So as we continue on this uh, exploration, really of um, how we show up in the world um, in the ways of our inner child still being intact and being supportive of intergenerational work. I am delighted and honored for our next guest that you'll be hearing from in this uh, series in season three. So without further ado, I wanna welcome on and say a big thank you for taking the time to Carolyn Rose Grayson, who I'll be referring to as Lynn moving forward. Uh, But Carolyn is the founder creative director and is at the initial emerging stages of her, of her career as a multidisciplinary artist. And I am so honored and excited to share and hold space uh, for Lynn's story and for those of you who may resonate with what comes up as we spend this next 45 minutes together. So welcome, Lynn. Thank you so much for being here. And as I um, invite you on, I just want to have you answer the first question that I have for you, um, which is, when did you know that your life was in service to something greater or bigger than yourself? Well, first, I want to thank you for having me. Um, I've been really looking forward to to, to having this time with you. Um, Very excited to be here. Um, But to answer your question, I would say... I don't know I feel like for most of my life it's just always been this like subtle almost like subliminal feeling that I've had um ever since I was just like a kid really um I really feel like like as a kid like um the imagination is like this huge thing and like creativity and stuff and so like I feel like through that I've always just felt I've always felt as though like there was just something, something much greater than than me and like the world that um, 
that that would surround me. So I feel like that feeling has always been there for me. And I also, you know, when we were in the green room prior to, to starting our recording, um, I touched on a little bit about like, you know, being on my soapbox for a second about being a millennial and you being a Gen Z. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, there was some agreement between us about the fact that our generation gets such a hard time by society in general, yeah. as we're kind of labeled as ap- apathetic or lazy or non-committal, like unable to keep a stable anything, mm-hmm. right? And for me, I always am the first to tell people when I step into a room or at a table or any space that I'm a millennial and I'm proud of it because y'all need to know that like we're reclaiming our the narrative of who we are and what we're here to do. And it's not failed me yet that some of the most powerful people that I have met have been in the generations that you and I represent because we came in with so much insight and wisdom and I think ambition to change things because we know that it's going to be on our backs if we don't. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to like acknowledge that early on in our conversation and that kind of leads into the next uh, question. And I'm, I would love if you touch on any of your experience around your age or ha- how that has factored into what you do. But um, then also I have a question about how your eight-year-old self would feel about the work that you're doing now. Yeah. Um, hmm, how should I approach this? <laughs> um, we got all the time. <laughs> I feel like... I feel my younger self, like, I don't know. I can remember it. I have this very distinct memory of like saying, I can't really remember like what age I was, but I was definitely younger. I have this distinct memory of saying like, when I grow up, I want to be a diva, <laughs> which is like so funny. Um, I was, I was, I was, I was something else when I was younger, but like just thinking back to how I was then and like, the things that I looked, uh, looked towards, um, looked towards like for the, f- for the future, um, and the things that I'm doing now, I think that my younger self would, I don't know, would really be inspired by the work that I'm doing. Um, as I mentioned before, like I, I always, um, I always like would cling on to, um, creativity and like just being creative. So just knowing that, like even now, just knowing that I'm doing work that is centered around creativity and like collaboration and community um, is, is something that I'm very proud of. And I know that my younger self would be very proud of that as well. Um, I think as a kid, I, I also just struggled a lot with with the sense of like fitting in and like um, and having community so so yeah like seeing that I'm doing that now like creating opportunities for other people and while also like finding my own community at the same time it's it's really great um and to answer your question about like um being a what is it, generation generation x is that what you said or maybe Z? I don't know <laughs> yeah but like the alphabet soup yeah <laughs> but um I don't know. I feel like I've never really, I've never really like taken back the narrative, you know, as you've, as you mentioned, like I've never really put myself in a position where like I 
like proudly claim like what generation I'm from but I think it's I do happen to just like find myself in situations where I, I am like um younger than than my peers so I feel like it's it's already I don't really have to talk about it for it to be known you know um so yeah there's like a lot of a lot of generational differences that that um I've I've had to experience like over the past I mean for most of my life but I've I've definitely uh, seen it over the the past few years um where there's there's just a a disconnect between a lot of the the aspirations that that we have um, compared to some of the older generations that are before us, but at the same time, there there is a lot of knowledge that I feel um, that has been shared throughout the years um, by these older generations that I'm I'm very grateful for. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's been a it's been like both I don't know it's just, it's just been about like finding a good balance between the two and. Uh, finding what, what works best yeah definitely and so on that note um, I want to kind of dig in a little bit deeper and, and hear more of the origin story of the work that you're up to now so when did you first step in and have kind of this inspired idea with strange fruit zine mm -hmm. um, and I know I'm all about it and standing with y'all and um, we'll actually uh, be doing a an episode where I'm uh, engaging and sharing with y'all, with you, your platform as well. So for those of y'all that um, are avid community members here with Soldier of Light, definitely check out for the the forthcoming episode um, with Strange Fruit Zine. And yeah, uh, feel free to share whatever you like. I mean, I just want to jump this this part of the conversation off by reading your manifesto on your website because it really struck me. I'm, I love a manifesto. My organizations <laughs> have them. <laughs> and it's like the best way to introduce people to who you are, what you're about and the cultural um, framework that you're walking with. So I just wanna read this manifesto, give you some time to marinate on what you wanna share, but yeah, I would love to hear about your work. So um, this is the manifesto for Strange Fruit Zine. Strange Fruit Zine is dedicated to the preservation of narratives created by queer, Black, Brown, and Indigenous communities. The aim of Strange Fruit Zine is to create substantial change through the creative agency and ingenuity of QT BIPOC communities, communities that are at their very heart, unapologetically versatile and unwavering in their pursuit for liberation. Strange Fruit Zine offers its readers the opportunity to tune in to the very intersections that empower movements of resistance and calls for revolution. Each issue serves the purpose of capturing various moments of QT BIPOC experiences. Readers of all kinds are invited to examine the visual works of artists from QT BIPOC communities and all intersections of life. Our resistance is the only way forward when fighting against systems and regimes built on and powered by our suffering. Against all odds, the liberation of QT BIPOC communities will always stand to be a priority for those who truly believe in the legacy of resistance against oppression of all kinds. Signed, your friends at Strange Fruit Zine. Whew, we just, we take a breath. We just take a breath. <laughs> I have to take that in. I had full body chills just reading it. 
Oh my goodness. So please, I mean, that is an experience in of itself. Whatever you feel called to share about your origin story with this work and what it looks like currently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> um, I don't know. It was like, it was a mix of things like just going into the inception of this project. Um, I think, I feel like there is a lot happening. I mean, there's always a lot happening in the world. There's, there's, there's always a struggle like to find balance. Um, there's, you know, like whether it be like within the status quo or what have you. Um, and there's, there's a lot of inequality and inequity and injustice and oppression and all those things that exist. And so I, I, I feel like I was just sitting on, on all of this, like all the feelings that I have towards those things, those very things. Like I was just sitting on it for the longest time. And I, on one hand, like I really just wanted to express like how I was personally feeling um, just like with, whether it was like from experiences, marginalized communities are always uh, trying to find some way to um, be lifted up and, you know, to have, to be heard. Um, and so it was both like, it was both about me like finding a balance between expressing myself as well as like having a platform for the larger community to express itself as well. And so, um, so yeah, I, at the same time, I was also like looking the very form of a zine, like the fact that it's, it's, it's not mainstream and like it, it, you know, you can do whatever you want with it and you could be as unapologetic and as, um, authentic as you want it to be um, in the creation of a zine. And so, yeah, I, I just, I was really inspired to, to like look into that and to, um, to make use of it, especially considering here, here in Fayetteville where I'm, ba where I'm based, um, Fayetteville, North Carolina, um, there isn't a lot of representation of the QT BIPOC community. Um, and so I really wanted to, again, I wanted to uplift and empower um, this community because it's a community that I that I identify with. And so, um, and it's, it's a community that I feel is, has always like received, like, you know, the most <laughs> like has received like so much so much over the years and it's a lot um so yeah i just really wanted to do something that was empowering um and that would like firmly take a stand against um underrepresentation um among among other things so wow Whew, I've got to take a breath on this side too, because you said so much in there. Um, one of the things 
you know, that stands out and is true here at Sojourn of Light is holding this belief that creativity is a spiritual cooperative act with the divine. And I heard you kind of, as you were sharing the origin story in your journey with your work, like creativity has always been a, a big part of your life. And I'm curious, like, how do you define cure, uh, creativity? What is that to you? And how do you feel like your sense of divinity shows up in, in the work that you do? Um, I think of creativity as like, um, it's, it's, it's fluid. It really doesn't have like a face. <laughs> like, um, it's always like, it's always changing. It's always transforming. Um, I don't know. I feel like in some ways, like, I, f I don't know. I feel like creativity is like the, the very, like human part of us, you know? Um, I don't know. Um, Your capacity to express, like in of itself, you feel is, is what makes. Yeah. Like, like you mentioned before, like with this podcast, um, like just exploring the ways in which we show up in the world and I feel like creativity is can be exactly that like um it's kind of its its own entity if you will um I'm sorry could you repeat the the next question <laughs> no it's okay um I just was sitting with all that you shared it's definitely I appreciate also how like you're, you're, I can, are you an introverted processor? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I appreciate that. I just wanted to <laughs> shout out to all the introverts listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, so I think the next, so the other part of that question was just around how you express your divinity through your work, but that's also why I think I was even taking a pause to take in what you said, because I think in a way you answered that question too in naming that creativity is what makes us human. So like our capacity to create mm. is could be it could be the very thing that makes us both extremely human and like part of something much bigger and like yeah spiritual. yeah oh yeah that's yeah I love that frame so let's go into the set the next question which um, is just kind of around like some of the the pieces that we've skirted around with your origin story and your journey. So I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit about your roots. I know you're currently based in Fayetteville. So um, I don't know if you're originally from Fayetteville. Um, also shout out to North Carolina. I come from the Western side of the state. And so yeah, a lot of creative, creative things happening in North Carolina, I have to say, like our um, state's capacity for entrepreneurship and business and, you know, artistic organizing, I think is pretty active of what I've seen so yeah, yeah. what 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 um do you feel as far as like your roots your culture your traditions or like any of your childhood experiences that really shaped who you are today yeah um I feel like that's something that I'm still trying to wrap my head around um <laughs> um 
so yeah, like I, so I was born and raised here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, I have, my mom is originally from Joplin, Missouri, and my dad is from Fayetteville as well. Um, but yeah, like this, this idea of like ancestry and like roots has always just been, um, it's just been, it's just been something that I've been constantly trying to wrap my head around. Um, I feel like I can't help, but I feel like we can't, I feel like I can't talk about this without like bringing up, you know, the various, I mean, the very obvious um, effect of slavery and how that's impacted um, so many people's lives, especially black community when it comes to trying to locate um, where exactly they're from, where, where exactly they originate from and um, the traditions and the culture that, that lies with that. So um, yeah, it's always been difficult for me to really, to really like dive into that. But I think because of, because of that, um, there's always kind of like been the sense of, of being lost almost. And, um, you know, like having this, this desire to, to explore the world and like to find various ways to navigate through society so that like, like whether that means like really finding out more about where I come from or like where I wanna be. Um, I don't know, it's just, it's been, it's a feeling that I've always had. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's big work. It's really big work. And it's interesting because, you know, I'm just kind of recalling some things from my own memory bank and some of the work that I've been doing and what like really catapulted me in maybe some of the deeper black liberation or like anti-oppression work that I kind of started out doing um, a few years ago and it's evolved since and that's a story actually for your episode where I talk <laughs> about me but you know I'm just thinking about like what you shared and how just recognizing like and a friend really kind of described it this way when we were talking about racial equity is like it's really like peeling back an onion like mm -hmm. the each thing like there are layers multiple layers and yeah. literally peel, peeling back that onion is going to make you cry. Like it's going to bring up tears. It just is. Um, but recognizing too, or not but, and also recognizing that a big part of, as you mentioned before, our human experience, I think, you know, the creativity where that comes in to me with the liberation work is that we have the capacity to create the solutions, the alternatives, and not just be in survival mode, which was the case for our ancestors and those that came before. Like that's the gift of being alive now and doing the work that we are doing yeah. in this way, you know, as artists and capturing history in the ways that um, you can't, you just can't with just the written word or just, you know, um, trying to get it out of history books because it's only gonna be in one person's voice. So, yeah, I think even more of a reason why we need 
work like yours and the work that you're up to in the world just being more visible and more accessible for people. Yeah. I think oftentimes um, we can be made to feel like the expertise we're seeking about life and how to live it well lives somewhere else, somewhere outside of us. And I'm curious if you could name or if you have folks like mentors um, or if you've read certain authors or like thought leaders that feel that you feel really inspired you to um, kind of be on your journey where you are now um, and helped you kind of establish your clear vision and confidence and sense of self. Yeah. Um... I think the main thing for me is just like just like everyday people that I interact with um, whether it be like people that I I personally know or strangers that um, that I've crossed paths with um, I feel like it's, it's mainly been through those experiences where I've learned the most. Um, of course, I want to give credit to, to those who've come before me, um, especially like with, with people like Bell Hooks, for example, who's like really been impactful for me, her work. Um, but yeah, like, for me, it's mainly just been like people that I've interacted with uh, in the physical realm, if you will, um, where, I don't know, I just, I, the way that I look at life, um, at least now, at one point, at one point, um, I, I thought life was something that was like happening to me as opposed to for me, um, and that you know, I just had a real, a real skewed uh, understanding of what was happening in the world and what it actually meant to to be in the world. Um, but now, I just feel like every every experience is an opportunity to learn something, um, and we all have something that we can learn. Um, there are lessons everywhere. Um, and I, I even try not to refer to like mistakes as mistakes. I, I tend to refer to them as opportunities, um, because I feel like it's, it's within our nature to, to change and to evolve. And sometimes it takes, you know, Sometimes it takes failure to to grow. Sometimes, and like even through success, like we can grow for, from that. So yeah, that's that's just kind of how I've been operating. I love that. And um, a mentor once shared the phrase with me of failing forward, and I've never forgotten it. And this idea of like re renaming or reframing your mistakes or failures as like failing fo forward or fumbling forward, and mm -hmm. It's so important. It was so important for me because I'm a recovering perfectionist, and I think, in many ways, as a collective, we're just getting rid of the idea of needing to be perfect, out of our minds. Um, yeah. So I really appreciate what you said about that, because if we realize that 
there's that life is happening for us, then there's literally something that we can learn from every experience, every person, every yeah. opportunity, you know, like just if we're willing to look for it and see it. So I yeah. really like that. And I hope that that's a takeaway for somebody listening and tuning in. So um, let's keep moving the conversation along. And I'm really curious, like on, on this thought of, um, you know, tools and resources and, and um, like those kind of guiding lights. I really love that you mentioned Bell Hooks. Um, the first Bell Hooks book that I read was all about love. I don't know if you've read that one, mm. but that's one of my favorite ones. And then my other book that I actually just came across my path is called Communion. And um, I love that you mentioned Bell Hooks. And when I first saw the name of your um, zine, I was like, oh, Strange Fruit. That reminds me of the Nina Simone song. And I don't know if it's like an ode to Nina at all, but I'm just so curious about what, what do you feel like makes your um, offering in the world unique? I know people might, you know, kind of want to clump it with all the other magazines or like zines of various kinds that they're used to. So what, what would make yours like really stand out and, and what kind of people might resonate with it? Um, and also, I am curious, is that an, is it an ode to Nina Simone, the name of the zine? Because I thought about that right away. Yeah, um, actually, I think it may be Billie Holiday you're thinking of, unless... <laughs> I'm going to look it up right now as you're sharing. <laughs> I'm, I, I need to know. And I'm going to link the song. When I find the song, I'm going to link it in the show notes because art forms of all kind. I'm gonna look it yeah, up. but, but um, go for it. I, I, I also want to mention like Nina Simonis is definitely, <laughs> definitely worth mentioning as well. Like love her. Um, but yeah, like as for the zine itself, like I was inspired by the song um, which, which also I think it was like initially it was a poem and then Billie Holiday did a, she turned it into a song, but it was inspired by that, just like the, the overall message and how it was, um, you know, it was talking about lynchings in the South and just Jim Crow segregation and that entire era and just uh, the legacy of white supremacy in this country. Um, so yeah, like it, I, I feel like that in and of itself, like it, it was a catalyst for me. Um, I really wanted to pay homage to that song to Billy, to Billy. And um, yeah, I, I, the thing that I love the most about it too, is that like, like the, not even just like the song itself, but like the fact that she, the very fact that she sung it was just like an act of resistance in and of itself. So like, I just really love that part. Um, so it really stuck with me. And yeah, I really wanted to, to kind of, it was definitely inspiration, like as I moved, moved forward through the project. Um, but like, as for, my work overall, um, I think as far as like what, make, what makes it unique, like 
I just think like I I don't know like one like there there is no one else like me who exists within the world and like that can be said for literally every like every single person um I feel like we all have something to offer like no matter how small we might personally view it um I feel like we're all we're all sacred um but we have to offer a sacred um and there's that and there's also as I mentioned earlier like just here here in my hometown like there there isn't a lot of representation of the communities that I represent and the communities that I um that I stand in solidarity with and so I really I really wanted to to make it known it was kind of like it was kind of like an act of me like coming out <laughs> if you will like because I mean in the in the past like I I have been vocal about you know like social justice and liberation and and what have you but I've never really like I've never really like inserted myself into the equation you know I was um I was always thinking I don't I, I don't mean to take it to a dark place but I was always thinking about like other people and like I um I would often like place the well-being and the needs of other people above my own and I don't think that being empathetic is is a weakness at all um but for most of my life it's just been about finding balance between being there um for my community and then being there for myself and so I, I really feel like project was a great balance for that and it captured that quite well um so yeah, that's that's uh that's what really helped me with uh, moving moving forward with the project and like just just really just going for it because I it just felt good it felt good in my gut um, it felt good in my spirit and I really feel like it was just something that I was meant to do. So much that you've said there, Lynn, and you know, one of the things that I think is really important that I had to have, um, you know, like a reclamation moment with myself as well in my work, where I was same thing that you talk about, um, putting other people and the needs of other people, and um, you know, self-sacrificing, like being the martyr. And um, I think a lot of us do that because we have this perception that to be the most holy, aligned selfless version of ourselves is to um, give ourselves away and a lot of times give ourselves away for, for way less than what we're actually worth mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's something that needs to be lifted up like again just to emphasize on what you said because at some point I think there there it seems like at least for me in my own life but then kind of having these conversations with other organizers especially QT BIPOC organizers, um, that at some point we have to realize, we have to like re reclaim our worth and our value. 
And like mm-hmm. actually doing that work internally is something that not only kind of shifts the conversation and how we have it about what liberation looks like, but then we realize in every single moment moment, and every single decision, we're working for or towards our liberation all the time, every day. Yeah. And for us to request more of people to have the grace of our presence or to work with us or to like whatever it is, you know, like boundaries, I recognize more and more are truly gifts mm-hmm. because it allows me to preserve my energy and show up for the right things in the right way. So I think what you said is just, again, it's so important. And, um, you know, sometimes to be an active, uh, to be a, an activist or community leader doesn't always mean that we have to work beyond our capacity. Like for me, I actually don't think that's good modeling of leadership. Like yeah. let's model the embodied balanced leadership that you're talking about. Um, and I think that that's also a lot of like what our generations are gonna bring. And it's gotten, you know, misconstrued and misunderstood as ap- like apathetic or laziness or not being able to commit. Um, but I think it's because a lot of us are like searching for the thing that really matches our worth. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I just, such a, such an important part of the conversation. Um, and as we start to wind down our conversation, it's always so amazing to me how quickly the time flows. But I just want to kind of, um, dig into a few more questions and then we'll close making sure people know how to get in touch with you. Um, But on that note of what we were talking about as far as worth and just having this um, internal shift about our value and our time and our energy, um, how do you for yourself define abundance, wealth, and or prosperity? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's a a huge question. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I think... I think in order to be like, to be grateful for those things and like to even acknowledge like their existence is, I think it takes like having, having to be like in, having to like uh, deal with the darker parts of yourself and like, um, having to do it's often like referred to as like shadow work um like really having to to face um those parts of yourself that you might not necessarily be um so proud of or the parts that you might want to avoid i I feel like by facing those parts um like making taking time out and being really intentional about um facing them and acknowledging them and like creating space for them. I feel like that, that in and of itself, like reveals to you just like how important every, everything is and like every moment that you've, you've experienced and um, whether it, you know, whether on the surface it seemed to be beneficial or or the opposite of that. Um, so yeah, I think facing those parts of the self and even like, even at times like in the world, like having to face it, it, 
I feel like especially like it, like in in organizing and in like community work, like the very fact that we're able to acknowledge like you know the oppression that that we face second by second, like um, I feel like by doing that, we're able to see like why we're able to see our worth. We're able to see like why our lives matter and why the work that we're doing matters um, and why things like love and happiness and joy are so important. And even if it's like in very small, subtle moments, like of, I don't know, like just, just setting time aside to read a book or <laughs> what have you, being with family, like those little things matter. Um, and they hold a lot of, a lot of weight, a lot of good weight. So yeah, I think just, again, kind of, kind of finding balance between being able to face um, those darker parts. Um, it kind of brings you back to, to all that like brings light and brightness to, to your world and to your life. Beautifully said. So Lynn, at the end of your life, what do you hope people will say about you? What will your legacy be? Um, <laughs> another big question. <laughs> um, I don't know, like, I, my hope is that people just like, remember that, I don't know, that I, that I've tried to live as authentically as possible and that I, I was also, you know, very empathetic, um, not only to this notion of self, but to this notion of, you know, like our, our human collective. Um, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like in spirit, I am, I am a humanitarian, but as I mentioned before, like, yeah, as I mentioned before, it is, it is important to, to make time and space for self and to nurture self. Um, but yeah, I would just, I think just knowing that, I think I would like for people to know that I lived as authentically as possible and was empathetic and um, just really tried to, to make a stand against against all that was oppressive really um yeah i think i think that's good <laughs> well, well it has been a true honor and pleasure having you uh in the sanctuary as i like to call it because i like to believe that somewhere in some timeline we're all sitting in space together in a huge circle um, and wherever we're tuning into this is like us just getting to show up and witness and see what resonates for our own stories and our own journeys and walk away with some wisdom from people that we might not have had conversations with otherwise. So I'm really grateful for you being so open and sharing and saying yes to this invitation. Uh, and before we go, if you can just share with our sojourners uh, our listeners where they can find your work and what you'll be up to for the rest of this year here in 2022. Yeah, um, so, so you can find the zine, uh, Strange Fruit Zine, um, at www.strangefruitzine.com. Um, 
and as for my own personal work, um, I don't know, I'm kind of, I'm one of those people who like doesn't really, like I have social media, but I don't use it that often. <laughs> um, but I am on Instagram at Lynn the Human. Um, and uh, as for the rest of 2022, I don't know, I'm kind of just, I'm kind of just winging it. Um, <laughs> um, I feel, I'm actually doing a residency right now with Southern Equality Studios, which is the um, the art facet of the campaign for Southern Equality, which is based in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, so my residency wraps up actually next month in May. Um, so yeah, there's 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 quite a, quite a lot of things that are going on. Um, no telling like what what will happen as a result as far as like opportunities go. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of just, I'm kind of just winging it. I'm kind of just like, I'm trying not to like plan as much. Like I, I don't know. I, I feel like also as a former perfectionist, <laughs> like that was something that, you know, I always felt like I, I had to do. So I'm kind of, as of now, I'm just trying to be more, more in the moment and just like, just taking, um, whatever opportunities present themselves to me um and like also like just feel feel right so that's kind of where I am <laughs> so I'll be linking in the show notes um, for those listening whether you're listening on Spotify Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts uh cast uh what is it cast network or pocket casts um or many any other platform that you're listening on be sure to check the show notes for the links that were mentioned, as well as where to find Lynn on Instagram. Maybe we'll get some sneak previews of your final presentation or whatever you, whatever uh, good work comes out of your residency with Southern Equality Studios. Um, a lot of amazing people over there as part of that work. So definitely appreciating that. And then I also will be adding, as I mentioned before, the actually it's gonna be two links for the song reference because as it turns out, it's both answers, Nina Simone and Billie Holiday. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> song called Strange Fruits. I'm gonna link both in the show notes um, so that you can listen on your own time and this podcast doesn't get flagged for copyright infringement, um, <laughs> but also just wanna give a lot of love and appreciation for all the liberated black women who have paved, paved the way and whose shoulders that we proudly stand on and whose messages and insights and wisdom are still relevant in so many ways today absolutely <laughs> thank y'all so much for listening and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode much love to everyone and thank you so much for being part of this sacred beautiful community you've been listening to soldier of light with me, your host, Cortina Janelle. As I send this message and this episode and this space back up into the light, as we open up our circle back out into the outer world and take the seeds that were collected from these messages and these downloads and insights here in this space today, my hope and my intention is that our seeds get planted in fertile ground. 
I invite the conversation to continue over on our Instagram page, on LinkedIn, on the YouTube channel, or anywhere where you might find House of Soleil or me with my work as Cortina Janelle. You can send me an email at journey at houseofsoleil.org if you or someone you know has a story to share or a sanctuary I should broadcast from in season three here in 2022 as I am making my digital nomadic journey around the world, seeking out sanctuary and building community along the way. I also invite you, if you feel so called and so moved, to support our earth service work and our collective liberation work over at House of Soleil by making a donation through Cash App or PayPal. All of this information can be found in the description box of this episode and also in our link tree, which is linktree slash the House of Soleil. Thank you again for being here today. May we go onward in fruitfulness and abundance, more light, more love in the world. Until next we meet, Ashe.